For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast of my show, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, just like every other week, Shane Told. So good to have you on this fine Wednesday morning. Eh, The podcast came out a little late. What do you want from me? I'm on tour right now with my band Silverstein. I'm recording this from beautiful Calgary, Alberta, where the Calgary Stampede is in full effect. There are cowboys running all around the bus. It is really quite weird. And uh, just a little bit of advice. Don't ask a cowboy where you can find some vegan food. They'll be very, very confused. But yes, I'm on tour with my band Silverstein, on tour with August Burns Red. It is a great tour. Go get tickets. Come hang out. Come say hi. People come and say hi to me every day, and they tell me how much they love this show, which is why I do it. Well, one of the reasons anyways. But I hope you enjoy it. And this week... We've got something very special. Former My Chemical Romance guitar player, now turned frontman for his own solo career, Frank Iero is on the program. It was very nice of him to take the time on a show day in New Jersey to get on the phone, give me a call right before Warp Tour. And what a guy and what honesty comes through in this pretty incredible episode. So sit back, enjoy, and take a listen. Before we get into that, hey, uh, you can always get in touch with me very easily. Email is the best method. Leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Add me on the social medias too, Instagram and all that stuff. I got a pretty pissed off message on Instagram saying, it looks like you don't really answer your fans. Well, that's because you sent me a message on Instagram and I don't really look at that. So send me an email and I will respond. So yes. Syndrome at gmail.com. Hit me up. If you like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's keep this thing spreading. And, you know, you can go back and listen to all 180-something episodes that I have. Go back. There's lots of good ones way back in the past. So go ahead. Listen to this one, then just work your way backwards. I think that that is the way to do it. And once you've done that and you've listened to all the episodes and it's still not enough and you want more, well, I have an option for you as well. It's called the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club and it is the reason that this show keeps going week after week. It keeps growing because we have an amazing community of over 350 people from all over the world that are pledging to keep this thing going for as little as $6 a month. And you get a whole bunch of stuff. You get bonus episodes, interaction with me, interaction with fans of the show, 
I do a question and answer session every month. You get access to Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise. You get free merchandise shipped to your house. And did I mention bonus content? I know I did, but I'm mentioning it again. There is some great stuff there, including a lot of podcasts I do with non-Lead Singers. So head over to LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access that will give you all the information and hopefully you sign up and then uh, yeah you'll be in it's going to be great leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access anyway we'll keep the intro short and we'll get right into it with my conversation with Frank Yarrow Fantastic. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for taking the time uh, to do this. I know you got a you got a show tonight. Yeah, we're uh, we actually just pulled in. We just loaded. Okay, cool. You're, yeah. you good to do this, or you need a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Oh, awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. So it's it's at uh, Asbury Lanes, correct? Correct. That's cool. yeah. Have you have you played there uh, recently? I know they've they've done like a whole revamp. It's like a new a whole new thing. No, I know it's beautiful, and yeah. uh, this is the first time I've been here uh, since that. I played here uh, years ago uh, with a band. Uh, actually, I did a, a band uh, called uh, Love Cast. It was like a we did like a pure cover band, like me, some guys from the Souls. Uh, it was me, Pete, um, DJ from Let It Burn did it. Um, Matt from um, Seaside Caves was in it, and uh, and. Uh, it was it was it was really fun, but like we, we played there. I remember like that was the night too that the uh, like the AC had gone out. Oh, okay. so it was pretty rough. It was, it was a brutal. <laughs> it was a brutal one. I've heard. Yeah, I never went to the old one. My my band just played there a, a few months ago actually, and it was great. Oh, nice. And uh, and I'm I'm an avid bowler, so to be oh, able to cool. play some you know play some free yeah. bowling before the show that was great. Right, I loved That's, it. That rules. And. I believe they have the Impossible Burger as well. That's what I heard. Yeah, I'm excited so, for that. There you go. Yeah, it should be a great <laughs> night. And uh, it's a warm-up for Big Warp Tour show this weekend as well. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be fun, right? It is. Oh, fuck, I hope so. <laughs> what, how long has it been uh, since you, you know... Uh, Big Warp Tour show? I, I mean, either played or went to one or, or you know, anything oh, like that. Well... Definitely the last one I went to was the last one I played. Right, okay. Um, and um, that had to be, it was another anniversary, and I believe it was at Jones Beach. Yep, and yep. Um, it was like, I mean, hell, it might have been the 15 year, and it might have been like 10 years ago. That's probably yeah. right, man. Yeah. That's crazy. I think I remember 15. Yeah, I think I remember, was that the one they had, like the ad mat had like a. Skateboard, but it looked like a birthday cake. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what it was because I think my band played on that one as well. On the ship. Um, I remember yeah. H2O did it. Yeah. So we have to hang out with Rusty. <laughs> and um, of course, now H2O is playing tonight in Asbury, and they're playing um, on Sunday with us at uh, at at Warp. So I'm excited. Yeah. What a lineup! It's like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I was looking at it, and and uh, Silverstein were playing the West Coast version. And oh, cool. we get Jawbreaker. We get Jawbreaker, so that's... Oh, you're playing there, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Jawbreaker. I don't know but... what day, though, we're playing yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're... they're. I think they're intentionally a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want people to buy tickets for both shows, which I don't, I don't right. blame them, you know? It's not easy selling tickets these days. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But tell me. You know what I mean? Like, right. like tell the bands. Right. <laughs> so you, so you can plan ahead a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, definitely with you on that one, man. So, um, so you know, going back to this, and I know, I know you're not there yet. You're not on the mm-hmm. warp tour ground. So this would be a better suited question in a couple days. But, you know, do you think it's going to bring back all those memories of, you know, 04, 05, especially 05, I guess, when, when you know, mm-hmm. when my chem was really blowing up that summer? Um 
is, is that is that a feeling you're excited to feel again or do you think it's just so far removed that it's just just not going to be like that well no i mean you know there, there's there's gonna i'm sure it's gonna be very uh, nostalgic and, and reminiscent of uh, of you know playing those parking lots i mean that was so much fun i don't think i have a negative memory about any of those shows right you know and then the, the thing that shell shocked you was like you know she ran out of a bag and you know, waiting in line for Hanson Soda. Like, that was the stuff that, you know, that's, that's the only stuff you don't look, like, fondly upon. Like, everything else was, it was so much fun. You know, it was just, just you know, you were younger and you could you could do all that stuff. Like, you could go through it like that, you know? Absolutely. It was definitely, like, a punk rock summer camp. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to that again. Um, yeah. But it's it's such a, it's a different band, so I don't know, I mean. Sure, sure. You know, how, like, what the similarities are going to be. Um, but it's funny, man. Like, those, like, there's certain memories that I have, like, you know, playing, oh God, like a parking lot somewhere in like Denver or something like that. And all of a sudden, like looking out over this crowd and bouncing along is like, is Matt Stebo with like a cocktail in his hand and just <laughs> and, like pogoing through this crowd and just being like, oh my God, like this is amazing. I know. You know, and know. becoming friends with, with people that, you know, you you were just fans of and slowly but surely, you know, becoming their peers. And, and now, you know, you get to play together again. It's going to be fun. No, absolutely, man. It's it really is, and and that that is the amazing thing about Warp Tour is, you know, bands from so many different walks of life, you know, within you know the punk community, and you know, I know you have a wide, wide range of influences and bands that you like, and they don't all make sense to go on tour with either your soul stuff or my chemical romance and stuff. So finally it's like, Oh shit. You know, like, like I'm a huge no effects fan, you know? So to be able to make friends and play poker with fat Mike on that tour or, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, like that isn't always an opportunity you're going to get just doing, you know, three, four, maybe five band bill packages with, you know, bands that are, you know, obviously aligned with you, you know? So, uh, so that I always, I love that, that aspect of, of Warped Tour. And I think that that's still going to be there. The essence of that will still be there this weekend. I hope so. You know? Oh, I think um, so. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, that was the stuff that, you know, you'll never forget. Like the, the after hours stuff, the debauchery that happened backstage and like the camaraderie that, that happened. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it was like getting to see behind this curtain. Oh, totally. You know, and being accepted into this this world that you uh, that you wanted so badly uh, to be a part of, or, or that you you had only heard about, or you know, it's the stuff of you know the myth and legend. You know what I mean? One myth and legend that I heard was back in <laughs> in '05. You guys used to practice in the back of a truck. Is that true? <laughs> That's true. You used to set up your gear and, and actually practice on the Warp Tour. That's crazy. Yeah, we um. We figured out that we could forget what we did to get the the funds to, to fund it, but we we wanted to write a record. Oh, that's what we did. We we were, we were writing a record, okay. And um, we took advance money to rent a bus for that tour, so that we could gut it and we set up a studio in the back. Okay. So okay. every day. We, uh, we had like stations. It was like, you know, like we only had a couple of bunks on it because we gutted the whole thing. And we had a drum set set up and recording mechanism. And we practiced every day and, and we wrote every day. Awesome. Like it was nonsense. It was like, you know, like boot camp. Like we were maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good word for it. It was like you were a very, <laughs> in, you were a very intense group. Um, you yeah. could tell it was like you really had your game faces on every day where a lot of bands were, you know, fucking around and, like you say the behind the scene debauchery that was like definitely going on right. always as on warp tour but i think that was like at its peak um but yeah you guys seemed like you know i remember you guys in fallout boy were both like just massive like blowing up and it was like every day you guys were just like right there you know trying to take over the world I, well i think it was it was just like we we were just so driven to you know, to 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 hone it and, and to make sure that we were the best that we could possibly be. Like you know, you have, you have this, you know what this is like. You you go out there and you you have this mentality. It's not like it's a competition thing, but like you no. you're up there to kill everyone you see. You know what I mean? Like you want to lay waste to the entire fucking world and watch it burn. <laughs> and um, 
And the only way to do that is to be the best, you know, you, you could possibly ever be. And so we took it very, very, very seriously. Like, um, if, and here's the thing too, I think also too, it was, it was ultimately like the, the downfall because like we, we just burned ourselves out so hard. Yeah. Like, you know, there was, there was no room for, um, you know, less than perfection on things. And, um, and you know, like you, you, you trained and you, and you wrote and you, you, everything was, was so like regimented and serious that sometimes you forgot to have fun, but you had fun mm-hmm. in, in the work. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and the pressure, I think, you know, eventually got to us and, and made it, we all cracked at one point, you yeah. know, it just didn't, it didn't all happen at, at, at once for everybody. Um, uh, but like, you know, it was, it was fucking crazy. Like we were, we were, we were just, you know, that was part of the addiction too. like, you know, all of us are, are addicts in our own right. And I think that played into that, you yeah, know, we absolutely. were just addicted to, to the music and to the project. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, you, you went through so many eras in, in such a short time as a band, you know, constantly mm-hmm. reinventing yourselves and really doing it in a way that was creative and, uh, you know, new every time. It must have just been exhausting. Yeah. I mean, because it's like, you know, I just think of of a band that, I just, just even like little things like, okay, we this this is a new tour. We got to like figure out what we're going to wear on this tour or we're going to figure out like, you know, you know, I mean the set list to a lesser extent, but just all those little tiny things that like a punk band isn't supposed to worry about, but you put yourselves on a pedestal where you had to be the best. And you were the best, and it was too much. It was just too much to to, <laughs> to maintain, I guess, right? Well, I mean, you know, every candle's going to burn out at some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, well, I mean, looking back, and you know, it's it's become the the band has become. And I want to talk about your. I want to talk about your solo stuff and everything else too. I, I, we're going to get there, but while we're on this topic, you know, um, it's kind of amazing now that it's been so many years since the band broke up how the younger people have discovered it how you guys have become legends you know in a weird way to where your music has actually gotten more popular since you broke up isn't that weird do you know do you realize that i mean you're you're on the inside you know of it but I, i find it really crazy when when somebody that's you know a little bit younger because I think we're the same age. I'm 38. Yeah. You know, somebody yeah. that's a little bit younger is like, oh, my favorite band is My Chemical Romance, but they broke up before I, you know, got a right. chance to see them. Isn't that crazy? It's like... Well, I think also, too. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's one of those things where, like, some of my favorite... Like, that's how I found out about some... You know, like, I, I was... Yeah, I grew, I was born in '81, right? So yep, I found too. out about the Misfits, and they were long fucking gone. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. you know, or like Black Flag and you know Minor Threat and things of that nature. Like sure. you know, Grill Biscuits too. Like it was like shit. You know, now I've, now I now I'm finally in the know with this music, and I can't go see it. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's crazy to be that for someone else. Um, but you know, I, I guess I, I I accrue to like you know when I was young. I found out about bands that I loved through like older siblings and uh, you know like si- like really good friends like older older brothers and sisters or, or like you know like when I went into high school like uh, the only older kids were the only ones that played music so I was a freshman and I joined bands with with seniors and so like they would make me mixtapes and it was like you know I, I learned about it through through that like older generation. And then it, it still felt like I had discovered it. You know what I mean? Like I had this ownership over it because nobody else my age was listening to it. And, um, and it's, it's, it's cool. Like, but I don't know how it's happening, you know, for, for, for all these young people. Like, you know, I'm playing shows on my, on my own on solo things and, and people are, you know, like the crowds are getting younger and, you know, and there's, you know, there's young kids like, um, you know, that are coming to shows and they have my chem shirts on and they're just finding out about it. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Like I, I love that, but I don't know how it's happening. You know, I, I, I think it's the same way that I learned about stuff. And if that's true, then that's amazing. Like that stuff still exists. I think it does still exist. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you know, there's obviously like still those things like where there's emo nights and, you know, and it's like my chem is going to be the last song of the night. It's, you know, th- there's those kinds of events that happen that sort of just remind everybody. You know? But what I what I think is interesting, too, is like, you know, the last record you put out and, 
you know, the record, I mean, you know, it wasn't your biggest record, of course. And it, I don't know if it ultimately led to your demise or not, but, you know, everyone talks about, oh, my come when they come back, if they come back, it's going to be like stadiums, you know, it's going to be like this huge thing where, whereas like <laughs> on your last couple tours, like, you know, the things were waning away. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting, you know, thing to see, I guess now when it's, you know, people remember different parts of the band, um, you know, they remember the Black Parade days and then they remember, you know, the I'm Not Okay or the Helena video, you know, and then they like to ignore those, the, the down moments of the band. Um, I don't know. What's your take on that? Do you, does that? do you think about that stuff? Not really. I mean, I think we went, we just went through so many, you know, different worlds and incarnations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, people have like, it's, it's funny. I think Danger Days is bigger now than it was when it came out. And Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's funny how like, I feel like, um, just like based on evidence that I've seen with like the kids coming to shows and, and their favorite, you know, like, um, incarnation, not incarnation of the band, but I guess like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, time frame. Um, maybe it was just a too ahead of its time. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But no, that's okay. I don't care. No, <laughs> I'm glad you don't. I mean, I, I love that, and your positivity just through this call—it's I can tell that you you seem very content and you seem very happy. It's not—it isn't something you can pretend. I don't think like it, it's really no, radiating I'm, through. Well, think so, about this, man. Like, what, you know, we get to write songs in our basement and play them for people. Yeah, all over the world. Not bad. You know, like like yesterday, I had a day off and I was with my kids. And, you know, we hung out, we watched a movie at home, and then it was like, oh, you know, you guys are going to go to the beach, and I'm going to go put down the street from, from where you are, you're hanging out, and play a show, and then maybe I'll come and hang out and see you guys, and we'll get some ice cream. Like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's a dream come true, man. Like, yeah, I have nothing to be upset, like, uh, upset about. No. Like, I got to do everything I've ever wanted to do, and I'm still doing it. Like, fuck. It's great. It's great. Man. It's nuts. It's well, nuts. I mean, that's not to say I don't have bad days and I don't get fucking frustrated. Sure, or, sure. You know any of that shit. You know, like you know, some things don't go my way. You know, but but for the most part, like I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, yeah, I got nothing to be upset about. I absolutely love that answer, man. Um, well, congrats on the new record. Uh, oh, thanks, it's, man. it's only been out for what about a month now? Barriers. Yeah, I think we did uh, three weeks. And yeah. and you know the whole uh, record pretty much from what I've read about it. It stems from the accident that happened in Australia a few years back now where you're, I mean, lucky to be alive. Um, I guess, I guess you don't know going into writing a record that that's what is going to come out. But I guess that once you start writing, you realize your thoughts on that and how important that event was to you. I mean... The, you know, getting through it, or, you know, having more self-realization about your life, all that that stuff. Um, you know, it just all seems to come out. Well, I think, yeah, you're right. But for this record, it was like, I'm sorry, I have a mouthful. Of I'm sorry, I'm trying to eat my, my lunch as I talk to you. I apologize. Do, do your thing, man. <laughs> um. So, you no, know, this was the first record that I wrote since that. You know, crazy experience yeah you know? exactly and i knew that like there's no way you can write a record after you know being kind of having almost having your life taken from you and, and everything that you love taken from you and not address that you know so that's i think why i put this record off for so long right of course and i took some time off like you know I, here, all right so here's the timeline basically i write a record i record it put it out and then like you know 10 days before the record comes out I get hit by a bus and I can't tour. So for six months, I'm laid up. You know, the month of that is in the hospital. I come home. I do physical therapy. Finally get out of it. And like, you know what? Let's, we're going to get on the road. We tour for six months. And then I'm like, that's it. I need to take some time off. I can't do this anymore. Um, so it took a year. And, um, you know, it was a year of not playing shows, basically, which yeah. is the longest I've ever gone uh, since I started playing my first show at 13. Yeah, wow. So now I'm, now I'm 38. I haven't played a show in a year and I'm writing this record about this thing that like, you know, almost, you know, took my life or, or, or at the very least took away the thing that I love doing the most. Yeah. And it was like, I have to address this thing, but everything I wrote 
just didn't seem like it encompassed all the feelings that I had about it. You know, like when you have this like giant, you know, monumental fucking boulder dropped on you, like you better say something really important, you know, otherwise, you know, you can just be like, Oh, that, that was rough. And then go on to the next thing. Like it it doesn't work. No. So, um, I put it off for a long time and I, I just couldn't crack it. And I think what happened was, um, I ended up getting calls from, from Tucker, uh, Tucker Roll, of course, yep. who plays in Thursday, yep. plays drums in, in Future Violence. Matt Armstrong, who played in Murder by Death and, and plays bass in, uh, in uh, Future Violence. And like these are two dudes that I met like in 1999. You know, like touring and, and you know being signed to Eyeball. Like you know, both those bands were yeah. on Eyeball. We right. shared a fucking practice studio. You know, yeah. And I just always wanted to be in a band with them, like and write music together. And I thought that we just had like you know this kindred spirit type thing, and I thought I liked the way that they wrote, like thought about music, and the idea that they were both free and wanted to do a record. And that I couldn't do a record with them after waiting 20 years because I couldn't get over my bullshit, like really bummed me out. I was like, how much am I going to let this, this fucking accident take from me? You know? So I just started to write, write songs. And, and the more I wrote, uh, I cracked the, the accent. And once I cracked the accent, I was like, Oh shit. Like everything else that I've ever shied away from, like in my entire career, like that doesn't seem as scary, you know? And so we just kept writing and we filled the band out. Of course my, uh, Longtime uh, collaborator now, uh, but my brother-in-law Evan uh, Nestor, who plays guitar in the Future Islands, he was also in the Celebration and the Patience. Like he was free to do the record, and then Kaylee Goldsworthy, who I met uh, maybe two two and a half years ago, three years ago, she was touring with Dave Haas, and, and uh, we did a tour together. And I met her, and I was like, oh my god, like this girl, like she's you know, this is the another, this is like the final uh, like brick, you know, that I've been searching for. And we started writing this record, and it was like I knew exactly what it needed to sound like. I knew exactly where it needed to be recorded, and it just like my my brain just like that was it. I just kept running, and we recorded it uh, October November uh, of last year with Steve Albini in Chicago, and it just oh, came did out. Oh, did you really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Steve yeah. Albini, for people that don't know, is, is a legendary producer. You know, probably most known for his work with Nirvana. Pixies. Uh, uh, of course, yes, of course. Yeah. Pixies and drop dropper as well. But um, what was it like working with him? I mean, he's amazing. I mean, that's the thing is like, he's a genius, right? And he'll tell you. I mean, like you know, he'll he'll explain to you. I'm not a producer. Um, I'm a sound engineer. You know, and and he he's really wonderful at, at capturing the way the band sounds. You know, um, if you have uh, something in your head that you want to chase, he's 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 so um, well versed in his craft that you know, like you don't even have to worry. And when you're when you're in the studio, it's just him, like making yeah. stuff. Like there's no assistant, there's right. no um, anyone else. Like maybe someone will get you coffee, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you're the you. It's just you and Steve. I mean, um, but making, he, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you, you know. Okay, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Go ahead. <laughs> It's funny though, like you know, every recording experience I've ever had, there's been like you know multiple people in the, in the studio like doing stuff. You know, you know, like, the producer doesn't ever like put the mic up or anything like that. Like he just right. tells some wacky to fucking do it and shit like that. And then you never, you know, it's like magic that's there. But like he's <laughs> like you know, he knows what the fuck he's doing and um and and knows that like you know if he moves something in a quarter of an inch a certain way like you know he's gonna get a different so a tone and uh and and he's just he's just really great and he's quick so that's why we were able to do 17 songs in 15 days that's recorded and mixed wow and that's all recorded live two inch tape oh really wow to tape as yeah. well that's crazy that's so uh, that's wow. one of those things where it's like again like working at, at a, a maniac speed like in a whirlwind I, I guess I still do that <laughs> well I mean recording to, to tape and I'm old enough to remember recording to tape right. and it's something that like kids can't even fathom like I've even talked to producers that are younger than me about it and it's like you realize that once you do a take you have to wait for the tape to rewind before you can <laughs> record again you know yeah. and it goes pretty yeah. quick but it's still like there's still like this this disconnect between, you know, the modern day and now and the way that things are edited, like you can't, you can't really edit things the way, like if, if that take was pretty good, but the guitar, like, you know, you came in just a little bit, you can't just cut off like the, the, the top (laughs) of it, right? It's, it's really a lot more organic. 
if you're making the edit, you're using a razor blade and tape and, <laughs> and putting it together, and that might not work, and you might ruin everything. So you better do it right live. And that's what we did, man. We all got in a room together. And that's the first thing, too. Like, that's the first time with this project that I've ever had a full band that was, you know, that wrote and recorded, that wrote these songs, recording them live in a room, not separated. Like, we're, we're bleeding into each other's mics. We're, yeah. You know, we're in the room together and you're playing off of one another. And that's why I think you get the, the sound of the record that you get. You know, like you're hearing us uh, be inspired on the spot from by one another. Totally. In the room. And, uh, and you can't, you can't fake that. You can't, you can't fake that. And that's, that's something I think. I remember I was over at my parents' house and they were watching this, you know, late night music documentary and it was about Simon and Garfunkel, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought I knew a lot about Simon and Garfunkel and I watched this and it was like blew my mind. But one thing that they, they talked about was when they tracked their vocals together and obviously they're known oh, for their wow. harmonies, they actually did them into the same microphone because, because they, if, if they did it on separate tracks, they they couldn't get the same sound. It it, wouldn't, it didn't work. Right. Well, think about it. Right. Like your old blues recordings, like and, and stuff like that. Like these are just like a group of guys standing in the room around one mic. And when it's your turn to solo, you don't turn them up. You just get closer to the microphone. Yeah. Like, that's how that shit worked. You know. I know. And, and there's something so special about that. There's something so organic about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what that's what we did it's true when you yeah. have that one that one part in those old blues recordings when like you know the guy just kind of tripped up a little bit and went way too close and the mic's like mm-hmm. peaking, you know yeah, yeah and it's like the yeah, whole recording pops but yeah. it's so good you invented distortion yeah. <laughs> basically is what happened yeah yeah like that's fucking special <laughs> yeah that's really cool that you did that um, thanks man that's it's really cool that you did that um so i heard you're a big mineral fan I am. Like a I am. Huge mineral yeah, fan. I love that they're touring again. And and w- earlier when in the, in the interview when you were talking about how you you know you didn't get a chance to see or, or like you know Minor Threat or or Girl of Biscuits or whatever had broken up. Well, for me, Mineral was a band that I never got a chance to see because they you know broke up right after pretty much the second record. Right. Um, I assume by now you've seen them. Hmm. I actually played with them at Gros Rock uh, a couple oh, cool. years ago. Cool. And yeah, um, yeah it was unreal. I, and the same show, that same festival was like I I I'd gotten to see Refuse get back together. I got to see yeah. Knapsack play. Oh I had yeah, seen Mineral. I was like, oh my god! Like this, this I, I checked off like four or five of my my bucket list bands. That's awesome. I haven't seen Knapsack come back. That was great. But oh man, yeah, yeah I love it. Was really great too. Wow, v- very cool, man. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to pick your brain about that. Was mm. there any um? You know, when you think about those old bands that I know, I know some of them you you know you didn't get into when they were current. You got into them later on, right. after you'd already kind of become you know a professional musician or whatever. Is is there an element of when you work with Steve Albini and you're doing this live off the floor stuff? Do you channel you know your inner Chris Simpson when you go for that <laughs> vocal take? Do you know what I mean? Is there yeah? Is no, there, does that kind of come in, into your mind when oh, it's like there's like, definitely this stuff is, where you're chasing? Yeah, this is the record. Use. Like this is how records were made in 1997. You know, mm-hmm. like I, obviously that's more than 20 years ago, and the technology's changed. But but you know, when you went back, were there moments on this record when you went, "Holy shit!" Like I can't believe that we pulled that off, or I can't believe that that's me. Yes. Absolutely, and, and I think that those moments happen too. Like when you're like doing a song, say like uh, that's you know quote unquote out of your wheelhouse. Like you know, you yeah, know like we yeah. start the record with a song called "New Days Coming," and that's you know my take on like a, a 1960s soul like stacks recording song, and and that's something you know that like was instilled in me by my father, and you know uh, just you know music that I love, like you know like one of my favorite recording artists of all time is, is uh, Otis Redding. And like, you know, yeah. I, to say like, Oh, I'm going to do this Otis Redding song. Like people think that's kind of fucking weird <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. I'm just going to fucking do it and, and see it, you know, I see if it works kind of thing. And, and I think we were able to, you know, put her on uh twist on things like that. And, and there's definitely like, I mean, to go back to like, you know, little things that you, you chase, like there's a moment in, uh, I, I, I think I've mentioned this to other people before, but there's a moment in uh, that song "Slower" off of the Power, uh, Power of Family yes, yes. by Mineral, um, where everything kind of breaks down and it gets uncomfortably um, low, 
for for longer than you would expect it to get. And then all of a sudden, this fucking feedback comes in and just just shatters the glass. Right? Yeah. It's just like it's the greatest moment. And, and at least in my mind, that that ever happened <laughs> on recorded view. It's like it's, just, it, it's like it's just feedback. It's but it's beautiful, like the way that it just juxtaposes, like with the the section that you have. And and there's a uh, section uh, on uh, the last song on our record. Uh, it's called Twenty Four Carat Lush. That uh, that that's you know the idea that you're going for is like let's let's bring it down to you know just to a whisper because that's the most powerful thing you can right. do sometimes is whisper and then just kind of like come back in with like a wailing uh feedback to to bring it all back in and and bring the song back around and again you know like these are just little inspirations like little tidbits of your youth where you're like oh that i got that from this or i got this from that you know and yes. um yeah that's what we're, we're always chasing these these things that um, that changed you, you know, like the moment I heard that song, I remember I was listening on like a disc man in a van somewhere <laughs> yep, yep. And, and being like, Oh my God. Like no one, like, it felt like no one else had ever heard this. Like, but my, my life was forever changed. You know what I mean? I felt the same way, man. I, like, you know, growing up on, on punk rock and stuff. And I think somebody made me a mixtape and it had, it definitely had Gloria on it. And I think slower too. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that, just that part where, you know, where it's like, where it's, you know, I need this more than you will ever know. Like, that's just like mm-hmm. the most, like, until that moment, I was like, okay, this is what they mean by emo. Now I get it. Yes. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing. When I, when I first heard of like, oh, they're having these things called emo night, I was like, oh, so they play like I old Tree stuff? And they're like, no. They play like, you know. My band. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, that's, really? It's like, there's no cure? Like, they don't play the cure? And they're like, no. And they're like, well, they, they titled that wrong. I, yeah. I would be super disappointed if I showed up and I played a thing called Emo Night and they didn't play any emo songs. I've done, um, I've done quite a few, of, like DJ'd a few of them. And uh-huh. I try to to fit, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like you got to play the hits for the people that are there, and I kind of get what it is, what it is now. But I try, like you know, I did one in Omaha, and I'm uh-huh. like, I have to play cursive or like something Saddle Creek, you know? Yeah, like I have to. So I did. Why wouldn't you? You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but and yeah, it's, did it's, the crowd was the crowd bummed? Actually, they were no, they were stoked. Actually, I think that oh, people enough people were knowledgeable that Omaha was an important you know, instrumental place for that mm-hmm. scene, you know. You that, should have played Omaha by fucking Counting Crows, dude. That's a fucking emo song as fuck. Yeah. Could have done that too. <laughs> yeah. That absolutely would have worked, man. Um, yeah. If, if anyone wants to hear Slower by Mineral ripped off, my band ripped it off on our first ever demo. <laughs> there you yes, go. In 2000, forever in a yeah. day. That is, that is pretty much a straight rip off of Slower by Mineral. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, man. Um, so I, I don't want to take a too short time. I know you have a show, but I I got a whole bunch of fan questions. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, they're they're all pretty good, I think. So this one here um, by Scott. I don't know how to say his last name, but it's not that important. Ponce de Leon, I think. Um, I'm sure you've gotten all kinds of pronunciations on your last name. Oh God, yeah, I have too many vowels in my name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for anybody to get it right. <laughs> uh, he says two questions. First, when my chem came to an end, was the intention always to continue with another project, or were you not really sure what you were going to do, or uh, or looking for another role such as a producer, etc.? Uh, I never really wanted to produce, to be honest. Um, well, I, I didn't know what to do, to be honest. I, I, I you know, I was like, oh, I did the music thing. Maybe I should try something else. Was it pretty scary? I, I, yeah, yeah, no. I think it's scary, but it's also like invigorating. You're like, oh my god, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like this is, you know, been such a long part of my life for like, you know, like twelve years. Like, you know, I don't. What do I do without this? And then you're like, oh, I could do anything without this. You right. know what I mean? So like, you get like, you, it's both. Um, but I've just always written the song, so I just immediately like I was I was already doing a project um, at that time with uh, with James, my friend James Louise. Yeah, uh, we had, we were doing a band called Death Spells, and so like, kind of was busy, but uh, you know, like, so I was like, did that, I did a tour with that, and then James was like, oh, I want I'm gonna do a Reggie tour. So you want to do that, or do you want to do you want to you know just wait until I get back? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I did a Reggie tour like in 2009, and I was like, that was really fun. But I kind of had these other songs I want to write, so I just decided to stay home and write songs. 
and that ended up being stomach aches. And then 2014, I was on tour. Yeah, so I guess it was just it, like it, it was went, like one of those things it where went pretty quick. yeah, it went so quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it was like you know, like for two weeks I was like, oh my god, what do I do? And then like the, the three weeks, three weeks in, I was like, oh, I guess I'm on tour. <laughs> <laughs> did you when you played the last My Chemical Romance show? Did you know that mm-hmm. that was the last going to be the last show? No, no. Is that is there like a weird regret there? Like, does it feel unfinished? Well, no, no, because I feel like, do you want to get, you know, shot in the face or do you want to just get shot in the back of the head? <laughs> wow. what I mean? like, Have you ever used that before? Because that is, no. pro- that is profound. <laughs> what do you think about it, right? Dude, I, yeah, it took me like a couple seconds and then I was like, that is, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, um, yeah. I had Ryan from Yellow Card, you know, the other day and he's like, yeah, our last show, like everyone's in the dressing room after crying. You know, like can't yes. believe it's over, and it had to end. But still, you know, you're you're right. It's it's that's wow, yeah. wow that <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's go on to the next fan question, if you don't mind. Here. And this is a pretty this is a pretty good one. It comes from Zach Weissenberger. He says, "How much lead singer experience did you really have before starting your current solo project? After playing in my uh. camp for so long." Did you have? Did you find yourself emulating Gerard, or did you kind of have your own natural style? Yeah, well, as far as like emulating Gia, I think that he's just so unique and and such a like a natural talent that, that that's kind of an impossibility, right? Um, you know, what I mean, like there's there's nobody that sings like him. It's just unreal. And, and it was like one of those things. You were like, I I think going into it like I you know I had done uh, other bands I did like Leathermouth and I, I sang yeah, in that yeah, I did yeah. Pensy Prep I sang in that uh, Death Spells I sang in but like it was never it was never like a full time gig so I didn't really like I don't know I didn't have any respect for it but we'll say that and uh, and then immediately um, when I started to take it seriously like I did this project and it was like oh wow this is, I'm, I'm being serious about this I immediately was like oh my god I was so wrong I'm such an asshole <laughs> and I called everyone that I was ever in a band with that sang and like apologized <laughs> you know what I mean? um, but uh, yeah it's, it's it's yeah it's insane it's like you know you have this instrument that you can't see you have no idea how it works uh, and it's affected by everything around you even though you have nothing to do with it like oh it was you know the air conditioner was on last night oh guess your instrument is broken cool <laughs> like shit like that and it's like it's so frustrating and it, it's the worst but it's also the best like when you get it right it's the best um that's so you put that very eloquently that's absolutely yeah yeah it's absolutely um, perfect but I've definitely it's taken me a while, but I think over you know like the past I don't know when, what year is it now 2019. I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> God. So I guess like over five years, like I said, like, if I'm gonna be playing this instrument, I better learn how to use it. You know, so I started to like try to you know get some some sort of insight on that, take lessons and things of that nature, and try to get better at it. But so man. <laughs> Oh, no, you're, you're cool. You're cool. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess when you started going on tour and being the singer... Oh, no, you're fine, man. When you started going on tour and being the singer, did you have trouble losing your voice? Um, oh, definitely. I like still do. Freaking I still do. Oh, you still do, yeah. Well, I know you, yeah. you've had a lot of history of, of, you know, like the stomach aches title of the record. Um, uh, yeah. You know, you're kind of known as a bit of a sick guy. Uh, I get sick all the time. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, bad immune system. I think that's, and... that's the thing, though. Yeah, I think I, I have a terrible immune system, and like you know, they say like you know your immune system stems from your gut, and my my insides are just rotting away. So it's like I think that's the issue. But um, I think also like the more you do it, uh, the better you get at it. But then when I took that year off and not touring on it, getting back into it, now I'm, it's I'm slowly but surely getting back. But it's it's hard, you know. I mean, there's a learning curve there. So like, all right, you know, this you haven't used this muscle like like you know like a professional in, in a long time. So you have to kind of get that that back, you know. But I'm, I'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you will. All right, a couple more. We got one from uh, from Tanya Kapchevsky from Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, so you know you're going to get this the real. You know the Germans. You're gonna get the honesty <laughs> oh, yeah. right here. Um, actually, this is this is actually pretty chill. Uh, she asks you oh, about, cool. um, and I know I know how you're gonna have to answer this, but you're he's a big soccer fan, 
and the English FC Liverpool is his favorite team. But oh, nice, good. But what country do you root for in the World Cup? Ah, uh, I hear you. This year was rough. Like you know, like everybody was kind of spread out. So I'd like to watch Firmino play for Brazil, and I was like, oh, like it'd be nice to see Egypt win. But I think, like, I don't know, man. I th- I, I I really liked Mexico this this year. I thought they fucking played their hearts out. Um, I don't have like a specific team that I root for in World Cup. I just like to see you know like people playing from their heart, and I like people playing like a team. Right. Like that's what I like to see. And it sounds like such a dad thing, but like I just get <laughs> yeah. excited that people try. Whoever, ha- whatever <laughs> like, team looks like they're having the most fun, I want them to win. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like I was like, you know what? Like this year, I was like, fuck France, man. Like they don't look like like it looks like they're just I don't, I don't know. I didn't I didn't get like a like a love for the game type vibe. Right. And it didn't. Yeah, I that I was not rooting for them. Um, but hey, you know. <laughs> But there you go. I, I love that. I love the honesty of the answer. And yeah, a couple different bandwagons. It's okay. <laughs> it's like I remember in nineteen ninety. I think it was nineteen ninety four. Jeez, I'm showing my age now. But when it was in USA and like Cameroon made like the mm-hmm. top four, and everyone's like Cameroon. I'm like I don't even. I've never even heard of this country. But but yeah, yeah. I'm on board. This is great. <laughs> I, hope yeah, I just yeah. I want people to, like I like underdog shit. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. like I want someone to win that's like never won or like can't even afford uniforms. Like that's who I want to win. I, I, <laughs> love, I love that man. I love that. Cool. Well, um, I, I guess I guess we did the thing. Um, anything else Very to cool. add? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I had a great time though. Thank you very much for, for taking the time. To talk well, to thank me. you. And one last question, which I have to ask. Uh, so, what's going on? Is, is my chemical romance coming back? Twenty twenty. What's what's going on? Stop it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to ask that. Nobody has to ask that. <laughs> well, maybe you have some more pro- profound things to say about getting shot in the head or face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure. But, but uh, all right. Here, well, here's the thing. You, you, would you rather get shot in the head uh, once or t- or twice? <laughs> right? Like you want it to go happen again so that we can fucking end it again? <laughs> well, yeah. We, we, we can leave it at that uh, uh, if you'd like to, Frank. But. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, regardless of, of what the future holds, I wish you all the best, and thanks for taking the time. Have a great show tonight. Have a great uh, show at Warp Tour and, and everything else. Uh, pleasure, man. Thank you so much. All right, man. Talk to you Take later. Care. Yeah, see you. So there it is with Frank, and what a great conversation. I really do appreciate him taking time out of his show day to speak with me, and I bet Warp Tour went so well for him. I saw the pictures. It looked absolutely crazy. I can't wait for the West Coast one. Just about a week and a half away, I will be there. I'm very, very excited for probably the last Warp Tour ever. And I had to ask Frank, yes, that question at the end, if My Chemical Romance will be getting back together, doing something, and he keeps his cards pretty close to his chest. But I'm going to say, you never know. It could, could happen. I think it's still possible Not that I want to see Frank get shot at all in the back of the head or in the face. Next week, I'll be back with another brand new episode. Make sure that you're subscribed on whatever you listen to this thing on, whether it's Android or iPhone or a computer or anything at all. Just make sure you hit that button. And if you like this, go back, listen to some other episodes, and tell a friend, tell a loved one, let's keep this thing going. Check out the All Access Club. Again, the link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. Okay, well, I'll leave you with the tune. Frank is prolific. Lots of music and lots of great tunes. Make sure you check out his new record, Barriers. But I'm going to play my personal favorite. Here is Oceans on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next time. There's still a part.